everybody. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri, psychic, medium, and good witch, and your host for this hour journey into the other worlds. You might recognize me from my regular appearances on Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans and the guys, or from my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World. But this is my baby. This is the Witching Hour. What is the Witching Hour, you may say? Well, it's actually late at night, about 3 a.m., when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and magic happens. But this witching hour is whenever you happen to be tuning in to this podcast. This witching hour is where I bring you my lifetime of education, spiritual experiences, and the paranormal. Um, but best of all, it's about my guests. I bring you amazing guests, the best in the world from all over the world, in magic, spirituality, the occult, metaphysics, hypnosis, and all things supernatural. And today I am really excited about my guest because yes, he is one of the best in the world and yes, he is an expert and yes, he is a dear friend and yes, he's looking at me like, what? Let me introduce you to my friend, Frankie Franck. Now let me tell you about him because I just got a brand new bio on Frankie before I even introduce him. <laughs> Frankie Franck began his paranormal adventure as a youth living in what he found out later as an adult, a very haunted house in Worland, Wyoming. Frankie has always had a fascination with the paranormal as his grandfather Clyde Franck was the groundskeeper at the local cemetery and Frank would often accompany his grandfather to work. When Frank was 15 years old, he did his first paranormal hunt with his two best friends in the Wyoming Frontier Prison and continued to help friends who claimed their houses were haunted. Frank went to college in Boston, Massachusetts and still continued his investigations as a hobby. Upon graduating college, Frank spent a year in a monastery in northern Maine with the intent to become a Benedictine monk. But after a year, he decided to continue his religious studies and also study the rite exorcism as well as witchcraft or enlightened magic. Frank has been the host of the popular show All Things Paranormal and has continued after 32 years to teach others from what he has learned and help advise clients on types of hauntings or if it in fact is something more natural or explainable. Frank currently works with his paranormal group in upstate New York, and he is also registered with the United States Paranormal Society. His group can be found on Facebook under Misfits Paranormal, and they are available for local investigations within the New England area. First time reading through. So welcome, dear friend and former neighbor in Los Angeles, Frankie yep. Frank, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, Patty, and I see you are doing fabulous. Yeah, life is good. I just keep saying yes, and, it, and life is good. Um, so, yes, we actually met here in the Hollywood Hills a few years ago. I think we were decorating cookies at a Dickens party at a mutual friend, uh, yep. entertainment lawyer, Mary Lettings, and I don't know how we did that, but we became dearest of friends. And then you invited me to your radio show, and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, I, I Every since then, you've you've been a a key instrument in my continuous learning and knowledge building on the blocks that I had prior to meeting you to where I'm at today. It's been a phenomenal ride, and of course, Patty, I love you for it. As anybody who ever gets to be in your company, you know, you 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 exude a lot of well for me patience because I know I'm. Just, <laughs> <laughs> the hard one to be patient with. Uh, but, you know, uh, the knowledge that you bring in and the gift of excitement and you you keep you keep us uh, alive. On the other, you know, you keep us moving on. Well, thank you so much. I just like people. I just like life. I just like humans. All except for those six people I keep locked in the basement who don't <laughs> like me. <laughs> we almost... don't talk about those. <laughs> um, yeah, again, you are a beautifully educated, experienced, you know, magician, occultist, and magic. How did you end up in, uh, we're going to get into all your paranormal stuff and all that and what you do and how you do it, and I've done it with you, and you're amazing, but how did you get into a monastery? How did that come about? And I just think that's fascinating. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was fascinating. It's the... It was the very early 90s at that point, and uh, I didn't really have a... I grew up Catholic, uh, and so I went to parochial school and, and all that, and 
I, I can't say that I ever I felt like a calling or anything because you hear from like people that become fathers or priests in the Catholic Church that they had a calling and, and that's what brought them there. I don't think that I ever really had that. Maybe that's the reason why I didn't stay. But I had a calling in the sense of understanding religion. Um, growing up, like I said, Catholic, it was uh, the type of thing in my family that you go to Catholic Church, you don't go to anybody else's church because... Well, this is back in the time when they still excommunicated people. I don't think they do that now. But I don't think my mom and dad wanted that little letter from the, the church saying, you've been excommunicated, please don't come here again. <laughs> uh, but I did finally talk my parents into letting me go to a different church one time. And unfortunately, it was a very bad experience for me uh, as far as getting physically abused, not sexually, but I, I got hit by somebody who was supposed to be our guider. And... Um, I told my parents about it, and of course, I went back to Catholic Church, but then I started looking at that and taking into it this whole, okay, well, we have a Bible, and, and we're learning religion, and it says, you know, that you're not supposed to strike, you know, children, and, and I'm thinking, how do we have these religions, and then when you really start looking into things, there's a lot of bad things that go on within the religious community. And so that really got me intrigued to want to understand more about religion. Is there differences in religion? Is this interpreted differently? Uh, you know, how come in certain cultures certain things are okay, but in other religious cultures those are not okay? And that's what really got me fascinated with understanding religion. So when I went to the monastery, I felt that that was a great way for me to, to learn. I was being groomed. I'm not going to lie to you. I was being groomed at that time to go into the monastery. And I got into uh, rituals, kind of like what you have in witchcraft or, or even old archaic styles of religion. Everything is a ritual. You can count it by the second in the Catholic Church, you know, if you go to like the type of Catholic Church I did. And um, I started to just look at that and go, I, there's a piece in that. There's a piece when everything kind of like, you know, in the morning you're going to get up and you're going to have prayers and then you're going to eat and then you're going to garden and then you're going to craft and then you're going to create and then you're going to pray. And, you know, it was just like kind of like being in school or being with your parents, you know, how everything had its order. And I, and I felt uh, some sense of not just community, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, co like adhesiveness to its safety. And, and, and that's what really intrigued me about it. But then, of course, you know, me being young and everything and still kind of wild in my own right, I guess I just couldn't see myself committing to the long term of what this was going to be. But it didn't stop my fascination from wanting to learn more about religion. And I, that one I still always hold close to me because I still do rituals with frankincense and myrrh. Um, I actually have on my table over there my uh, prayer book from the Catholic church, you know, how to follow the prayers properly and stuff. So, you know, I'm still a part of it and I, and I do believe in it. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't, I like tattoos too much. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> to be, to be, to be yeah. Father Frankie. And I, I don't think, I, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Father Frank would have fit me very well. That's kind of playing. Hey, Father Frank. Yeah. Father. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, it works. I don't know, but but yeah, but but you I don't look like to be a very but good father. You don't look like to be a very good father, but this way you get to be everything. But you had already, because I read in your bio that you were already, you know, investigating and working in the paranormal world. So then you're in the monastery for a year, and then how did exorcisms come? You're going to the dark. You're looking at demon demons and stuff. That's out of the regular path. Yeah. Yeah and no. I mean, when I was growing up, I was never allowed to watch haunted movies, so I never seen anything, you know, of that effect. Um, but as a child growing up, I had uh, lots of situations in our house uh, where for one week straight, just to give you a short story, one week straight, I was probably about eight years old. And every morning that I would wake up, there would be four people standing around my bed, couldn't see their face, couldn't see their eyes, but they were wearing black cloaks. And they were standing around my bed. And, you know, being a kid who didn't know what ghosts were, I just thought these were friends of my family or something, you know. And so I let it go on. Well, it started to, to freak me out later on because they wouldn't answer me. And so I started to get scared. So I convinced myself 
that on the last night or morning that this had happened, that I'm going to look them in their eyes and I'm going to tell them that I want to know who you are. Why are you in my room? Or I'm going to tell my parents, you know, type of thing. And uh, I did all of that. And uh, the next thing I remember, my mom was waking me up. So I don't know what happened in there it was like I, I that's another thing that got me interested in how the the spirit maybe we live two different lives maybe there is another uh realm that, that we're a part of and you know or maybe there was some sort of blessing coming down on me or maybe these were demonic entities that you know i i don't know what they were so, all i know amazing so did they go away once you confronted them yeah yeah, yeah. see, that's what we would tell anybody to do now. Claim yeah. your space. Don't be fearful. Don't be angry. Just be commanding. So you just kind of naturally did that. That is awesome. And as a little kid, that's, that wasn't too easy to do, you know, because I didn't know. Again, like I said, I, are these friends of my parents's? I mean, are they my parents? I don't know who they are, but they're scaring me now and I'm getting angry, you know. And so, yeah, to, to touch on that story, though, um, like I said, I've never seen them again, ever. But I've had random dreams about that house. And, like, the neighborhood will be on fire, but that house will be the only one standing. It's almost like a safe place for me. Wow. It's, like, where I can go back to and then feel at home. So I'd almost convinced myself to buy the house uh, probably about five years ago, um, back from the lady who has it now. Uh, but I didn't. Um, I don't know. Maybe that would have been too sick a file. <laughs> just decided I wouldn't do that but I, I I you know and it, it's weird how I would have those random dreams and what's funny about it is is they weren't like okay it was a different dream this time or it was this dream this time they were always the same dream but they would happen like a, a year apart or two years apart this would just happen in my dream I don't know how to explain it or something connecting me to that house to that house interesting interesting well even if you don't buy it maybe you should go back sometime and now that you're really trained and really experienced and like bring your team or something. Right. Well, I've, I've driven by the house. Um, I don't want to, the lady who lives there now is uh, an elderly lady and I don't want to freak her out or anything right. like that. So it's a very small town. People talk. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So tell about, okay, so you're working with a team now near you. Um, is there, have you noticed that there's a lot of activity going on these days? Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think that is? I, I've, I have two. I think that uh, I think we're coming into a, a, a new new world order. I don't want to get all, you know. Uh, Go there. It's okay. <laughs> how, how to <laughs> kooky. Um, okay. But, you know, I kind of I, I kind of, you know, I I'm under the belief to question everything. And I do that. And I try to come up with my own ideas of why that would be happening. And I, I feel, you know, in the, eight, in the 1918, we had the Spanish flu. That killed lots of people. But then things started to change after they got a hold of that. And I noticed that it seems like every 100 years, we have some sort of pandemic. And it's kind of weird how, in my opinion, that happens almost to the T, the time, you know? And so if these things are, are happening, what does this one mean? Is this a development of uh, creating a, a new type of human DNA? Because if we go back to our, our olden times, you have, you know, from the caveman theory on forward, you have that missing link. What is that missing link exactly? And was there a pandemic at that time or a creativity between maybe UFOs or, or, or extraterrestrial activity, you know, that happened that took something that was more uh, formidable to being in a forest and carrying a club type of idea into changing that DNA strand and creating uh, a subhumanoid, a part, you know, human and in part, you know, uh, ape, so to speak. Uh, so that evolution created out from there when it stayed stagnant for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden we hit the 1950s and you have Roswell and all these things that happen. And then boom, we are so technologically advanced within the last 50, 60 years that I find all these things, they just can't be coincidental. And that's, again, what propels me, not only just in the, the paranormal community or, or the demonic, you know, aspect of uh, inhuman activity, uh, but 
just quantum theory and DNA and, you know, simulation. And, you know, I mean, there's uh, Neil Tyson Degrassi, you know, even he kind of feels that our lives are just simulations and there's multiple universes out there. And it's just like one big computer system and it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And so I, I find that that's a pretty interesting thing. Elon Musk, and we're talking people with brilliant minds here. You know, this is not Frankie Frank making these things up. This is, you know, people with doctorates, PhDs, you know, and in physics and psychology. And, you know, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And that's why I keep pushing to try to figure it out. Right. I, 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 I really agree. I don't know that much about it, but I know science and spirituality is coming together in leaps and bounds and it's all coming. They're proving each other to be the same thing. And isn't it all kind of coming down to numbers again, which is computers. It's that same thing. So um, how much of it, and, and I do, in, in my experience, when I work with the other side, my closest understanding since talking to dead people since I was a little kid um, is that the ancient Sumerian, which is probably Anunnaki, is that you go to the heaven you believe in, sort of, which is kind of like if you're Catholic, you're going to go to those Catholic pearly gates. If you're this, you're going to go there, which is, again, closest to the matrix, or we create this whole reality, or we're part of this reality. I, it's, it's still too much for my little tiny brain, and I think for all of our little tiny uh, human brains. You know but <laughs> the, the more and more I really do think it is the closest to the matrix. Well, in, 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 in theory, I think that it is a lot to do with uh, the matrix. I mean, nowadays that we live in such a technologically advanced society, we have cell phones, we have 24-hour-a-day uh, recording, mass recordings all over the, well, the United States, for sure, there's cameras everywhere. You know, everything is, is can be documented now, and we didn't have that 50 years ago. And so a lot of things were left to, you know, well... Could this have happened? Well, maybe. Do you believe that person? Well, maybe. But, you know, when you actually see it on camera and you find it difficult, like, you know, sure, there's scam artists out there who pretend to make things happen and, you know, whatever gets their go. But then there's also things out there that you see and you go, that's absolutely unexplainable. What is doing that? And I think that is what drives people like myself or you or, or the other people that we know in this community to keep pushing forward and try to figure out those answers. And I find it very funny that the Catholic Church being probably almost one of the oldest religions out there, you know, Catholicism happened after Jesus died. Um, but when Catholicism came around, they were very protective about certain things, you know, in the church and the things because they had more information than what was being doled out to everybody else. And in that same term, too, the Catholic Church, uh, the Vatican, um, not only do they have the exorcists, you know, but they also have the non-believers or the debunkers who are priests that go out there intentionally to find out, to, to debunk what you're talking about. And they also have a science department of priests that are scientists. So again, that tells you that if a church like a Catholic church would invest this much time outside of scripture, what could possibly be out there? And, and how have we utilized the Bible as a way to create our own reality or what I would want this reality to be? Because you have a lot of televangelists out there, obviously, who are driving Lamborghinis and, and have <laughs> millions of dollars. And that's pretty amazing that they make that kind of money. My guidance counselor lied to me. Um, <laughs> so you look at that type of stuff and you see how these things have been so manipulated that Nowadays, it's not as, as, as easy as it was back in the 1800s where you went to church, you were a good Protestant, you were a good Catholic, you were one of those type of things, you see what I'm saying? And that's how you were set in your community. Nowadays, because people have so much information given to them on a daily basis, it's all obtainable in two seconds, you know, that it changes the perspective and makes a person say that, okay, well, you know what, now it's time to stop believing other people or those people who were told tell you what you need to believe in, you know, and go find the answers for yourself. I believe that's the true key to life is finding the answers to your, for yourself. Why are we here? Why am I here? You know, I agree wholeheartedly. And to me, whatever that if your belief system you pick, 
is is a template. It's your roadmap. It's so you can navigate. Some people want do more traditional Catholic and Catholic. In my studies of the Christian religions, the Catholic is the closest to the pagan. Again, with the ritual, with the frankincense, with the more we have all the same tools. We have all the same stuff, and there is that magic within ritual. Um, but I mean, body of Christ and the uh, and the wine is the blood, and there's nothing more. Uh, ritualistic than that. Taking the nut. Flesh and blood, you know, or or you know that in your in yourself to be a part of somebody else. Yeah, and I, I yeah, and I think you're right. It is because we have this whole world of knowledge now. Because I was raised very atheist. My grandfather was this big philosopher, atheist. He wrote books on religion, and he knew more about religion than religious scholars. But he he. He thought they were all as a weakness. And so we didn't have God. And, and by the time I was old enough to ask it, if I could go to a church because I wanted to see some cute Christian rock band of the day or when I was 13, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, rock and roll Christian band. Okay. And I was so scared to ask if I can go to a church. And once my mom said I could do anything, I went to every kind of Christian church, uh, Catholic, Buddhist, everything, Jewish. We're going to see their Sephardic roots. Um, but I, I did start to see the difference of the ones that, do what we tell you to or go figure out yourself. And I didn't, I, I remember my first foray into the real evangelical Christian church. And I'm like this new seeker. I'm this kid going, okay, I want to know about Christian. I want to know about Buddhism. And, and I said, I'm going to go, I was talking to somebody. I'm like, I'm going to go talk to a Buddhist now. And the first preacher that said, oh, no, don't talk to a Buddhist about Buddhism. That's a sin to take your eyes off Jesus. You talk to us about Buddhism. And I'm like, hmm. No, that doesn't work to me. I think I should talk to about Buddhists about Buddhism. So, again, that seeking, but the difference in people like do what we say because we say it's right or a path, which is why I put a more pagan you are chance for yourself, where you find your own truth because we've lost that integrity, moral code of whatever. It shouldn't be have to somebody tell you. So, I like that this is coming out. And what I think about the paranormal, even getting off religion, is for people who who don't want any kind of religion or even new age spirituality or old age spirituality, paranormal investigation opens up the world of the other world to people who can't handle church or this or that. But now we're going to go talk to ghosts. It opens them up to this whole new way of thinking. And I think that's what this last 10, 15 years of increase of paranormal is is doing and then therefore often leading them into maybe a spiritual or religious path well it, it is pretty amazing that you know uh how is it through hardships we find religion more than we do when everything's going well and i think that when you do the the paranormal it does make you question the either a the absence of god or 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 the acceptance of god and I would say that in my paranormal experience, um, I've fallen back on the whole Jesus thing. I'm kind of a believer that the man existed and he tried to change time, things that were going on in his time uh, with the people that were around him. Um, kind of like a, you know, modern day martyr. And uh, I think that God, in my opinion, is, is a creator of the universe, is like the ultimate being as far as like the supercomputer would go. Uh, and I, I think that we're all connected to that because I mean, for crying out loud, it says in the Bible that we're made in his image. So if that doesn't tell you any more about this whole DNA strand, you know, and, and how we are as maybe individuals DNA wise, there is that what they call the God DNA or the that one little part of sequence that puts us all as brothers and sisters in this yep. world. And, and I think that, you know, maybe if this is just a big experiment, that the moral of the story is learn how to love one another and how to forgive one another and how to create uh, a more uh, harmonic union between, you know, people and this universe. I mean, there's, there's, you know, through the paranormal, there's a lot of lost souls out there too. And that's the reason why we encounter ghosts or, you know, we get these EVPs or these see apparitions, you know, I, I think that there's that transfer of power is just sometimes lost and that, inevitable void due to lack of love right right and i do think love is the answer again because i my gift is i see energy so again that's where they all if you take the energy up every belief system the through line that brings them all together is that energy line and it is 
love. And you're, I love what you said about people find religion or spirituality in tough times. Maybe that's what every pandemic does. Because right now, again, people, whether they're going to religion or going to spirituality or going to paranormal investigate, that whole thing. It's like we have to look outside of ourselves because this isn't enough right here. I don't know if I'm going to ever have a job again. I don't know if I'm going to get this weird disease. I don't know if... Oh, we we have to, we search outside every time that happened last time. The whole the whole spiritualist was there before that. It's interesting. So it it might be just another way for doors to open again. It was a go go to your room and figure out what's important. You know, hit over the head with the two by four. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I think that you know it's a it's a very it's a very simple thing uh, to say. Um, obviously, a very hard thing to do because I do believe that there's that darker side of uh, the veil that maybe not so much, uh, what do you want to call it, uh, demonic activity or inhuman, inhuman spirits are concerned. I just think very bad energy of people and it infects. Um, have you ever walked down the street and you were in a good mood, somebody tips you off the wrong way, you vibe it and all of a sudden your mood changes? And yeah. now you've got to try to get to that. Well, you're absorbing that other person's energy. Uh, empaths really good about doing that type of stuff, you know. Um, and then other people, maybe it doesn't affect. But, you know, for me, and, and I'm pretty sure for you too, yep. um, I buy other people's energy. And sometimes it's it's such a darkness to get out of. Well, imagine in the paranormal community where you can't see the entity that you're actually working with, but you can feel that that darkness, that pain, that you know, satin soul, so to speak, and it consumes you and starts to wilt away at, at who you are. I, I think you remember one time I did a paranormal investigation and I actually came to you afterwards. It was, uh, it, it took so much out of me that I, I literally felt like I wasn't, I wasn't me anymore. I wasn't, you know, I, I forgot where I went and whatever was on me was just so dark that it was just hard to breathe sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I do. I remember that. And I've had that once myself too. You learn, it's like, oh yeah, that isn't me. I'm not being guided by my thought pattern, everything. Why is everything making me so angry? Things that I would never get angry at in a million years. I, it just, I would just go off and that, yeah, not me. <laughs> right. Right. That's, and that is why whatever, if, even if they don't take a spirituality or religious thing, paranormal investigators do need to have better guidelines, you know, protection for paranormal. I know my our friend, my friend Kadrick Olson is, and I'm starting to do more and more in my regular protection. Also for, you guys are walking in there, you are asking for it, whether you're, you've got to at least have some techniques that work for you within it. Um, what I like about, again, because I take everything down to energy, I don't even like to use titles and names of almost anything anymore. But what is cool about paranormal equipment is that it proves what I've seen forever and ever and ever. Even working with Zach Bagans and the guys, it's like, you know, for a million years, I've been like, okay, this guy is dancing on the table and he's going kick left, kick left. And I'm doing this thing and I'm showing them what I'm seeing. But people, you take your word for it or they think you're crazy. Now there's this thing called an SLS camera that's showing in another room where I'm not that kick left kick left and it's doing it and i and to get to see that to him i was like oh wow so that too is where science and spirituality is coming together and that's just through energy electricity and people got to realize too that there's always going to be some sense of ignorance out there and that could be that darker side of life that doesn't want you to know the truth but again that's why i said in the beginning that you have to find the truth for yourself you have to be willing to get out there and, and, and say, why is this here? Why am I here? What's going on in this world? And find out truly that you're connected to not only me, you, and every other living being, but you're connected to everything that is here. Everything here that absorbs or is a part of energy, you are a part of that. And so this can be found, you know, like me. Some people like to go to the ocean and they find peace and serenity in the ocean. I like going to the mountains and I find peace and serenity in the mountains. We're still dealing with life. You know, we're still dealing with energy. And that's our, our plug-in, so to speak. And, and I think that, you know, if, if more people spent time searching out the energy that makes them positive in life, we'd have a lot less negative. And those negative aspects that are still out there, they're always going to corrupt. They're always going to be there, you know, because you can't have a yin without a yang. It's always going to be there. You know, we can overcome that. 
take the power back from that and, and, and make this something, who knows, if we actually all could come together and do something phenomenal as, as a one love, as, as, as one unit, like it was intended, I believe it was intended in the beginning, you know, who knows, the, the earth might stop. And then all of a sudden this whole thing opens up and then maybe you pass the test. Maybe we all pass the test, but how many times do we got to die to figure it out? Exactly, exactly. It, 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 we're, humans are very, we're flawed little beings. We've got so many weird idiosyncrasies, so many, so well, many. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really are. Every, every, every little bad thing about me is something that I've learned through either A, a situation that I was in, or B, a neglect or a disconcern for something, you know? And those become a part of, of who I am. It becomes into my DNA again, because I love using that term. Everything's DNA to me. But <laughs> it becomes a part of that DNA, you know? And then you have to somehow, you got to break out of that cycle. And you got to say to yourself, okay, well, you know what? I caught it. And no, that's not what I want. And I'm going to do it this way. And a lot of people would find it very, maybe weird. I find it interesting. But a lot of this self-realization not only come from my religious studies or living in a monastery or anything like that, it actually came from paranormal investigating. Because as much as I had time as I spent learning about death, it's also taught me a lot about life. To me, it's a powerful thing. And that's how you can learn yourself. Everything is a lesson. Everything is a book. The Egyptians with the Rosetta Stone and everything. You know, we can go through all of these different ways where these different communities who didn't speak to each other's language learned to communicate with one another in some way to combine as one, you know. But that's our problem nowadays. We're so mixed up with all the technology and everything that we became less ourselves and more about you know, my iPhone or, you know, I, I found it weird the other day that walking out of the house, I went, oh, my phone. And then I dawned on me, I thought in my mind, when you were a teenager in the 80s, did you ever say, oh, my phone? No, you were fine. You were like, fine. wonder where my friends are at. I got to go find them. You see what I'm saying? It was a different way to be communal. <laughs> a whole different way. And no, and I, and that to me is the issue. Again, we've gotten too electronic other than fun paranoia. But I love how you said you like to go to the mountains. Some people like to go to the beach. That's what I think the answer is, is can re in touch with nature. At this point, we are still humans living on this big rock with gravity. That's why, again, I'm an elemental witch. It's the air and the fire and the water and the earth and the grounding and the clarity and the emotions, the emotions, and, and again, getting in touch. Even my book, that's what, it's all about rebalancing and reconnecting. It's, it's Oh, I know ah! that. <laughs> I, 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 again, because it was knowing Patty Negri used to get before everybody else did. <laughs> that's right, before everybody else. Um, yeah, but again, in just my working one on one with people, which is my real gig, um, it's just seeing how people, we asleep at the wheel, phoned in, by rote, automatic, all those words were numbed out. I think that's part of the pandemic thing. That is part of the new resurgence, and there's more than this. That's part of the go to the room. So it's just the slightest change of perception. You see a whole new view. And again, it's waking back up, whatever it takes to do that. Now, didn't I say that everything is, is electricity, right? Yeah. So it moves through us, it moves through the earth, it moves through everything. Um, I, I, have a, I, have a, I don't know if it'll work on camera. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, but I like to, to show things like this, okay? Obviously, this is just a black light. We see that. Okay. And then this is a crystal. We see that pretty little rock, okay? Now, everything absorbs electricity. We are a part of every single thing around us. So I'm gonna shine this on here, okay? Now watch. Did you see it stay lit? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, everything stays lit. And, and, and that's, that's my whole basis for this is because you know, when we do EDPs or uh, you know, take the Stanley Hotel, it's built around quartz, okay? And it acts as a tape recorder, correct? Because it absorbs that energy. Maybe voices from the, the past or maybe current, you know, uh, 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 electronic uh, EVPs. You know what I'm saying? Right there at that, that time, okay? And you're picking that up. Can't hear it always with your normal ear, but sometimes you can hear it on tape. Now, again, that is exactly what this does. You know, this comes from the earth. This is energy right here being shined into that. That energy stays for a period of time, depending on how intense it is. 
you know? So that already proves the theory that energy is drawn into everything around us. It absorbs it in one way or another. So we can be here and still not be here, but that also tells you that here's, here's your books, here's your lessons right there. You know, it's, it's, it's right there in front of you. All you got to do is just open your eyes and accept it and become a part of it, you know, and, and, and be open to new interpretation, be open to new ideas. And, and don't be afraid to get out of the Catholicist, you know, Christianity type of movement and say, I, I like to believe and that's OK to believe. There's nothing wrong with believing as long as you're following it with a good intent. OK, but I can also be open minded too, and look at everything as a whole. You I know? love <laughs> I love that. And I love that you're showing through a crystal. And that explains to me why all, all the old mining towns are so dang haunted, like a Virginia City or I, I, Nevada City, Vulture City, because the metals in them are conduits. And so many of them, like Vultures, I'm, I mean, Virginia City, it's quartz crystal everywhere, just like that. So well, again, strong. Huh? Where's gold found? Exactly. It is? I didn't even know that, but that makes sense. So again, they're going to have me, it's like a generator. It's like a, it's, it's an energy pack. So that's why you're going to get it. And I, I think those little energy packs go through whatever those people want to call them, grid lines or extra active areas or what? You know, Nikolai Tesla, mm -hmm. I, I'm surprised that a lot of people in our, our community don't talk about that. But Nikolai Tesla proved that electricity is all around us. When he created his machine, you know, his transformer, whatever we'll call that thing. And he turns it on and what does it do? It draws in all this electricity, snap, pop, everything, all the electricity is just being pulled out of the air. And he showed that it's everywhere. You, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And he created that just to show us and, and, and look at what we've done with just those advancements alone. So can the, the soul be trapped within that electricity? Is a soul part of that electricity, you know? And are we really working ourselves to become a big computer? Like the tiny nanobots, you know, <laughs> RAM, you know? <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, that's, you know, it sounds far-fetched, but that's what this is all about. That is what we have to do in this world is we got to take our, our teachings. We will go back to Plato and go back to, you know, all of these other people who had great theories in life, you know, uh, philosophers. And, 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 and today, we have to be the modern philosopher. We have to take from their lessons to the next lessons to our lessons and just keep giving until we finally come up with an answer. And maybe there is no answer, but you know what? I can't find gold, but I like to look. <laughs> so what's wrong with that? <laughs> right. well, as, as they always say, it's about the journey. It's about the journey. So if we are looking, what is the meaning of life or why is all this? It's about everything we learn on the way. And I big believer. So going, looking back, the, going back, old philosophers, this and ancient. So what's your take? What do you think on if getting into ETs and things? How much of it do you think is we're extraterrestrials? Do you think they're here? Do you think we're them? Do you... What's your thought on yeah. all that? Is that part of the whole? I do think that they're they're here. It was you know it's kind of nice that the government has finally came out um, releasing a lot of this information, you know, uh, and and I get it why the the government would take that long. I mean, for crying out loud, when we had the pandemic first started, you know, instead of people buying food, they bought toilet paper. So you know, obviously that just shows that maybe a little you know chaos in the society might become uncontrollable. So I get why the government maybe would not want to tell you about UFOs right away. But I think that we are starting to become, or some of us are starting to become more accepting. I mean, if you think that you are the only intelligent life form in a universe upon multiple universes and multiple worlds, you're just selling yourself a book of goods. You know, I mean, that's actually very conceited. <laughs> and scary. You know, and I think that how do we how, how we learned again, going back to my caveman theory, you know, we, we were hunters and gatherers and that's all we did. And, you know, the modern wheel came around made out of stone. I, the technological advances were taking hundreds of thousands of years to keep going and going and going. But then all of a sudden we have Roswell 1956 or yeah, I believe it's 56. You know, the UFO crashes there. And then all of a sudden we, you know, within 10 years we have. Computers, microwave ovens, cell phones. I mean, I had a, my dad had a cell phone in the truck. You know, 
All right, something happened. Right. We're, we're okay. We're gonna. Should we Blake for a second? We lost Frankie Funk. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. He's back. I, I put on on nobody bothering me, but somehow they managed to. Haunted. You, it's haunted. My phone was turned off. My phone's always turned off. I. <laughs> it's all electricity. It's all energy. <laughs> back to the whole caveman theory. You know, we go through that whole entire thing where we're just hunters and gatherers, and and we do everything pretty much on a very basic level. And I think that at that time we were probably more communable with nature, a part of nature, than obviously we are today. Um, but with that being said, it, after Roswell happened. All of a sudden, within that 10-year period, 10-15-year uh, period, we had developed a computer. We had uh, revolutionized aviation. We went to the moon. We, we did some pretty phenomenal things without having a full-on education on how to do those. So how how can you explain, as any theorist in the world, you know, how could one explain that we could go, you know, two or three hundred thousand years, and then all of a sudden, in a 10-15-year period? have it all locked down like this and continuously grow in advance. I mean, I get evolution, but that's a pretty uh, amazing piece of evolution, if you ask me. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're right. Yeah. And and here we are today. We've got cars that can drive themselves. Yeah. Cars are le our cars are just a little over 100 years old. So we went from a tiny little two-stroke engine that you had to do this with, and it was on a bicycle frame, you know, or in a, in a wagon, you know, that they mastered up to become a new car. And uh, then all of a sudden, you have cars like Tesla's created, you know, uh, Elon Musk, cars that can drive themselves, don't really need you in them, uh, I mean, doing anything. You know, that's pretty amazing. And how we were able to map not only our solar system and, and, and universes and stuff, but map our own streets, roads, and everything in such a quick amount of time that it allows all this technology to run. Yeah. Like today, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think my, my cell phone is the most amazing magical device ever. I, I could hold it up in the night sky and, and see the constellations and have them named out for me. I could toy to my house and I could see how to drive from here to Pittsburgh. I, I mean, just all the stuff we now take for granted is, mm -hmm. is amazing. And, and, you know, I think that's the way that it was, it was supposed to, to be. But I also kind of, how do you want to put it? I kind of lend myself to the theory, too, that too much too fast is pretty deadly. And, and I think it's a, an easy way to wipe out the human race. Uh, too much technology is just not a good thing. And, and I, I hate to say that because, you know, I mean, I know my kids like to be on the computer. They like to be on their phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But, you know, where's, where's the real social time there? I mean, they're, they're, when you sit there and you watch your kids talk to their friends and their friends are just sitting at the other end of the table and they're doing it all via their texting. You know, that's just, I, th I think that it can become very dangerous. Very dangerous. Or we are turning into those computers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the way the simulation was supposed to go. We, you start out in an archaic time. Maybe we were the cavemen in the 1960s and 70s, okay? Because today, obviously, you know, it's so far advanced in just that period of time. I mean, I'm 50 years old, and I still remember when your telephone was on the wall, and you had a rotary dial, and you had to go. You wanted privacy, hopefully have a long line, because if you don't, everybody's going to hear your conversation, you know? And that's how it all worked. Yep. And then we got remote-controlled TVs, and then we got, you know, uh, phones that could go wireless, but they could go, like, 10, 15 feet away with a little antenna sticking up, <laughs> you know? I mean, again, that's just in my 50 years here. Yeah, no, it's... It's going to be another year with the quickness that we move. And, and that goes with the, the, the paranormal. I mean, we are developing uh, very interesting pieces of, of equipment, but it's also very interesting on something that deals with the paranormal that we haven't been able to 100% without a doubt capture something and be able to, like in Ghostbusters, where they had their, their guns and they could harness it yeah. into the tree. You know, and now they have a full-on entity in a trap that they put in a case, and now you see they got this entity. Oh, we're not that capable yet, you know? So maybe right. some 
aren't supposed to be found out. I don't know. Maybe we're not. Maybe we are. Maybe, again, the other side of the veil is supposed to be that. You can't capture God or Jesus or Moses or any of those that same way. It's that there's that faith thing. Again, whether faith doesn't have to be religious, that you don't see air, but it's there. You don't see... Well, I just just don't get why God and Jesus aren't ghosts that come down here and haunt people. I mean, I'd be a pretty cool catch, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, maybe they do. You know, maybe they do. Maybe that's the angel at the end of the bed. Maybe that's the the healing at the hospital. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just think that with all the advancements and everything going on in the world, I think that within the next ten years, it's it's going to be something probably none of us right now could even fathom. Yeah. We'll see. I love that. And again, so right, as we could keep up our, I get what you say about technology goes from bigger than our maturity. <laughs> we need to keep them both together. <laughs> uh-huh. Our ability, again, our moral code, our understanding what it all is about. So mm-hmm. I have faith in us, though. I, I am an ultimate optimist. I think we are truly, truly flawed species. But we're pretty amazing. That free will thing we got with that, again, I think we are these divine beings and free will. Well, cool. don't you don't you don't you ever see like when you're when you're watching something like so I like to go on TikTok. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know, on TikTok you'll you I'll see like uh I, I follow a lot of people who have special means, you know. And I find them to be so inspirational in life because all the other things are like you know oh i got in a fight at the gas station look what happened here or oh this is road rage and then negative 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 and then i just i start to just look at life and go well that's a pretty norm i mean non negativity that's just kind of how it rolls but then you get that one dose of positivity and you find a tear in your eye you find a, an emotion that you thought didn't exist anymore and, and and all of a sudden that changes now see the power to do great things and the power to love unconditionally outweighs the negative, but we allow the negative to consume us. That is a social norm is negativity. And, and, and that's, that's what's wrong with, you know, society in that aspect. And that's why a lot of these spirits that cross over, some of the spirits that I've had to deal with in, in, in this life, you know, they're, they're consumed spirits, they're afflicted spirits, they're dark spirits, they were hateful, angry, discontent, you know, and, and why would they be wreaking havoc? Well, that's why. What you are in this life, you'll be in the next. That's mine. So I think that if we all just try to show a little bit more love, maybe the uh, afterlife of the next life, paranormal investigators won't need to be around for anymore because we'll already know the fix on it. It's all good. Right, right. But again, still, what I keep going, those little flaws, is why do we go to the bad stuff? Why are we intrigued by the bad stuff? Even in the paranormal, the TV stuff, because that's my world, you know, we've had the most, just even Ghost Adventures, and I love working with Zach and the guys, there's nobody in more integrity or legit, and the passion they put into it. Zach, no, I can whoop his butt in golf. Okay, I will let him know. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I just saw him this week. I will, but I will. But again, we have to, they focus on the, who this and who died here. We've done some, um, even the Black Dahlia House, which is dark and dark entities and holding. And we we crossed over literally to the light. Go to the light, Caroline. This one spirit it wasn't it wasn't Elizabeth Short. It was another girl that he held there. We all did it. We I was with Fauna Hodel and Zach and Aaron and the whole team. Really, she was there. The reason Fauna Hodel was there, she promised her mother on her deadbed, deathbed that she would help the spirit she had talked to. We did it. We crossed her over. It was the most magnificent, this, oh, my God, this God moment, this light moment. Cutting room floor. That doesn't belong in a paranormal show. I know. That's why even, you know, yeah, that's. Dude. We, we know, come on, Patty, we know how those work. We've all had producers before. <laughs> yeah, no, and I know that, and I get it. And I, but, but again, but I think that's because that's what people want. And that's where I think we get, we need a little brain tweak that love can fix. Yeah. That love can fix. We saw, we, you know, we, we look at the accident on the side, whether it's, it's just some little human tweak in us. But again, I still think we are amazing, amazing beings. And I do think most of us are really, really good. We're all, capable of love. We're all capable of love. We just have to convince ourselves that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And know we're worthy of that. And know 
it so much comes from insecurities, so much comes from our own inadequacies that, you know, if we could feel better because somebody else is worse, I don't know. Do you ever think that it's conditioning? Yeah. I think we're conditioned by the social media. I think we're conditioned by the media in general. I think we're conditioned by other people who just have a bad synopsis on, on, on life. I, and I think that it becomes such a social norm that you become that darkness. We, nobody, nobody wants to go out and condition people to be love and happy because as soon as you go out and try to do that, the people look at you like, are you a freak? Is there something wrong with you? I mean, why are you so happy? Why do you why, love everybody? I mean, and, and, and then you run into the psychopaths. John Lennon was a great example of that. That man wanted to do nothing but spread love, joy, and then get people to, to work within their emotions and, and become a part of the human race, not against the human race. You know, and he was ultimately executed by a, supposedly a fan. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, sometimes I wonder if the, if the darkness isn't within the parallels of our government <laughs> and different aspects of those things around us that ultimately have some sort of control. And what is the bigger secret to life with those things that I just talked about there? And again, as paranormal investigators, it's our job to investigate these things. There are answers out there. I think X-Files said it themselves, you know. There's answers. You just got to go find them. You got to go find them. I like that. Yes. And all the things going on. So, oh my gosh, you're going to have to come back because I have a thousand more things to ask you and talk about. So you, will you come back again soon? <laughs> For you, Patty, come on, you know, I will. All right. So before I, I want to live on a light on a light note again, love is everywhere. You guys magic is everywhere. Whatever term you use that magic term for, so just go out and create it and make it. We are we create our own lives. So, and you are doing great with that, Frankie Frank. So tell people where they can find you if they go. We are intrigued by this man. So one more time, where can people find you? If they're intrigued with me, they need help. <laughs> now, um, now, see that human. <laughs> you can you can find me obviously on uh, a Facebook under Frankie L. Frank. I don't think my parents like me very much. <laughs> what, oh, the L? <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, not even a... I could have come up with a better name than that, you know. Ah, I mean, what does L stand uh, for? Larry, my dad's name. But I think, I think that they did that because they were worried that their son wasn't ever going to remember his name. So it was like, Frankie Frank, Frank Frank, change the A to an L. Oh, he's got this. Ah. <laughs> Let's not mess it up with the name like Kyle or anything. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, you can find me at uh, Frankie L. Frank on Facebook as well as uh, Twitter, uh, The Hollywood Chef. Yes, you are an amazing chef. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I do that too as a, as a side thing. So The Hollywood Chef. And then, of course, my new paranormal team uh, is going to be the Misfits uh, Ghost Hunters. Okay. Uh, and Misfits Ghost Hunters can be found as well on Facebook. And we just set up a new thing on TikTok. We'll see how that works. Awesome. So if people in your area need help with that, with hauntings and things, call the Misfits. Yeah, we work the whole New England area. Um, so, you know, you got Maine, you got New Hampshire, you got Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, New York, and Vermont. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Frankie Frank. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, again, like I said, magic is everywhere. You just got to look sometimes. So keep looking. So thank you. You are listening to The Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri. And see you next time. Bye-bye.